With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crowd Control. Crowd Control. An iHeartRadio podcast presentation. Crowd Control with Harrisburg University. The most esports you can get in half an hour. Hey gamers, we are back with Crowd Control. I'm Teresa Gaffney sitting here with... Chad Smiles. How's it going everybody? And we got a very, very special episode for you today, and that's because Smash Brothers Ultimate is being released tomorrow. Oh, it's coming out, and I can't wait to play. Yeah, and technically there are people playing it right now as we speak in other parts of the world, right? Yes, so unfortunately on the western side of the sphere, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate is not released. It has a December 7th Friday date. We were recording on the 6th. Uh, By the time that you guys hear this, it will already be out. However... On the far sides of the world, uh, currently in Australia, it has come out. And what people are doing uh, are downloading the Australian shop for Nintendo, buying the game in the Australian shop, even if they're from North America, and trying to play it right now, just so they can play like 12 hours early. It's great. (laughs) I wonder how that's going for them. I guess you can go on Twitch and find out if you uh, are really curious to see how the game looks. Yeah, there's already uh, 100,000 plus people watching as of right now. Yeah. Uh, I never really got a chance to get my hands on it. Uh, I did go to the Nintendo store over the summer when they had an event, but the line was too long, so I really wasn't able to get in and play. But I watched people play, and the game looks amazing. And I'm super psyched for uh, that. But I think uh, for people listening, I wanted to go over kind of this history of Smash Brothers. And the reason why is because I have some good memories of playing the first uh, game that came out in Nintendo 64, 1999. What about you? Did you ever play? I did. I did. So I was born in 91. So Mm -hmm. at the tender age of eight, I was uh, playing against my friends. And the cool part was is that you saw like a conglomeration of all the games that uh, you grew up with. So, you know, you have Mario, you have Pikachu, you have Yoshi and that kind of stuff. And it's like, oh, all these characters that I recognize. So the first time that that came out in 1999, that was like a, a really cool moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And for me, I was in high school and that was definitely like, you know, you want to let loose after you are in school and just kind of like hang out and do that. Um, and I know that for a fact, uh, a lot of people still pop it on when they can, but that was actually quickly upended by uh, Melee that came out a couple of years later, right? Yeah, so normally you see like the time between these kinds of games are usually a lot longer, but N64's uh, Super Smash Bros. came out in 99, and then Melee came out in 2001. Uh, so it was actually pretty soon after the success of the initial one, uh, and Super Smash Bros. Melee is actually a game title that is currently still being very talked about and very played uh, even to today, uh, about 17 to 18 years later. Uh, and especially in the context of esports, uh, the N64 version, obviously a little more for fun, but there are still people playing the N64 version for different reasons. I think you saw something at a tournament going yeah. on with the N64. Last year when I went to shine, that's one of the, you know, the major uh, tournaments for, for smash at the year. They had um, an N64 tournament. It was small, but it was still cool. And it was nice to see that people are still living out that game life and uh, feeling competitive doing so. But definitely it's not something that you're going to mark your career against, I think, at this point. So. No, not at all. But there's always like really cool combo competitions yeah. that they have. And just small like uh, like mini game-ish type of things mm-hmm. that they have at Smash events for the N64. So it's kind of always cool to see like the roots that it comes from and stuff like that. 
Yeah. Uh, but after Melee, uh, that came out in 2001. Brawl didn't come out until much later, so 2008. So you started noticing a trend of, you know, instead of maybe two to three years in between games, they started upping it between something like six to eight years. Was it because Melee was just so good they didn't really feel like they needed to do something at the time or just like kind of burning out on the title? What do you think? No, I think it's because Melee... So I can't remember the exact shelf life of the N64 and the GameCube and when the games came out Mm -hmm. for in that retrospective thing. I think it's just that depending on the system, if the game comes out earlier in the life of of like the GameCube, for example, for Melee, then it's obviously you'll have a longer shelf life. But if the game comes out at the end of the console's life, then you might get one earlier. Mm. Uh, so in this case, I think that's why these two were so close, or the initial two were so close together, and then these two were so far apart. That makes sense, yeah. And Brawl didn't really have the same reception as Melee. So then, you know, people were, this is where it kind of started that people kept playing Melee, right? Because... I don't know. It was a little wonky. I feel like I never even got my hands on Brawl more than a couple of times. Yeah. So this is something that we'll probably talk in a little bit, but uh, you, this is where we noticed the trend between people who decide. So basically when N64 turned to Melee, most people went to Melee or almost everybody went to Melee because it's the brand new game. However, when people went and tried Brawl, they realized that Melee and Brawl uh, were actually very, very different games. And at this point, you started noticing a segment of the population that preferred actually to play the older game in Melee, uh, which was seven years old at that point. So it was kind of a cool split off of people uh, saying, no, 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 I think this is actually the better game for these reasons, whether it was technical or, or whatnot. We don't have to go into the super specifics about it right now the second. Um, but it starts to create a theme in, in the Smash Bros. Uh, industry, in the Smash Bros. Uh, you know, segment that, hey, maybe we should play Melee instead. Hmm. And um, Melee is still being played, even though Smash 4 comes out in 2014. Right. So Smash 4 comes out and a lot of people had interesting things to say about Smash 4 because it was kind of similar to Brawl in some ways. Uh, So people were expecting maybe something a lot different, kind of like how Melee and Brawl were a lot different. And then all of a sudden Smash 4 comes out. They add a couple of mechanics like the rage mechanic. They change a few things up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Brawl and Smash 4 are kind of similar, I would say, personally. Uh, and then they added in DLC, which is downloadable content, for, for those of you that aren't sure. And obviously, the Smash 4 downloadable content characters uh, were very, very... Uh, <laughs> depending on who you were, you either loved them or you hated them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's characters such as you know Bayonetta and Cloud... Uh, and those types that were very, very popular and very dominant. But at the same time, people have just been itching to get away from Smash 4 uh, is what I've been noticing, which has led us to uh, Ultimate coming out tomorrow. December so, 7th, 2018. Yeah, we've been waiting for this for a long time. And I feel like it's it's time. It's really time to talk about the buildup that's been going on since the announcement that the game was even coming out in the first place. So how did they build out this hype for Ultimate that we are just like literally, you know, gnashing teeth to play it? Like this was very interesting because I think Nintendo was finally picking up on the fact that they should treat this title like an eSport, but they have a very weird handling on eSports there. Yeah, so the history behind Nintendo with uh, with games and online games is Nintendo. So you'll see stuff like... Uh, you know, Xbox and PlayStation, Sony, Microsoft, and everybody. Uh, everybody has their own form of online play. Nintendo has always traditionally been really weird with their online play, and it's been a negative most of that time. Uh, basically, they've been tried to be super family-friendly. They try to keep people away from having a negative online experience, uh, but that kind of makes things difficult to play. With Ultimate, they actually changed a lot of the way online play looks because they understand that they want to com- or they want to uh, give avenues for both people that want to play casually and competitive. So it's probably the 
first time, in my opinion, that they've done a decent job initially. Obviously, we need to play the game and find out, but it's kind of cool because it shows Nintendo at least took a small step, which for them is like a massive step compared yeah. to everybody else. Yeah. So we're hoping uh, that it that it looks good and that it's going to be fun and that it'll be competitive online. Um, and yeah, so that's that's the big step with Nintendo. So I think that's the first thing to understand. The second thing is, is that uh, if you're familiar with Nintendo games or Nintendo characters and stuff, uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate includes every single character from all of the games beforehand. And that wasn't something that any of these other games had. So that was actually cool to hear. Yeah, when I heard that, I kind of went crazy. Yeah, so if you have a favorite character that you could play beforehand and you know you weren't able to because the game didn't include it, now you're... In- you're included in that game. We're so. gonna have some Pichu mains. Yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> so everybody, everybody can play their favorite character, uh, and then obviously the game included some new characters too, which everybody's been pretty hyped for. Uh, Come on, anything to do with Castlevania, I'm hyped with. Yep, Simon and Richter <laughs> from Castlevania. I'm I'm partial to King K. Rule from yes. uh, the Donkey Kong Country yes. series, uh, and obviously Ultimate will also have some downloadable characters later in its shelf life over the next, uh, I think like one to three years. They said as they start releasing five total DLC characters. Um, so I'm my my fingers are crossed for Gino uh, from Super Mario RPG. So hopefully we'll see what happens with that. Awesome, awesome. I'm gonna be uh, getting it tomorrow, so I'm gonna probably be playing it on the train when I come back to Harrisburg after oh, my trip to New York. That's a good idea. That's yeah, a good idea. I'm excited because my niece is also super into it. So she's like 12 and she's going nuts. She's gonna be a future star. I hope and <laughs> bring a lot. And what's good about Smash to me is the diversity of people that play it. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's so cool. It's awesome. And it has a very, very grassroots scene, too. Yeah. Obviously, as esports gets a little more corporate and a little more sponsorship comes in, a little more organizations, et cetera. Uh, however, they still have a very grassroots feel in general, just in their attitude and the way they treat things, which is both very refreshing and helpful in some ways. So like you'll see tournaments all over, the, I mean, all over the world. But in the United States, it's not something where you have to be just in Los Angeles to do, you know, like a lot yeah. of these esports. They're going to be having tournaments all over uh, the country in, in so many different areas and so frequently that if it's something that you're interested in, just even as a casual player, you can go to a local tournament probably if you're, you know, almost anywhere. As long as yeah. it doesn't have to be even a major city, there's 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 local tournaments everywhere. And that's something that I really like about it because you go to them and you just see such a wide diversity of people. Yeah, you can go to your card shop and they'll probably host it or you can go to your friend's basement and you can have a small thing with your high school friends or you can just go to big things and say, hey, I'm going to actually compete taking all the knowledge I've gained at these smaller events and see how I measure up against other people in the scene. And it's very it's interesting. You can see a big difference between friendlies and then more competitive play and people start making their friends and bringing them from one side to the other. So people who never thought they could be competitive were brought along to an event and then said, hey, I'm actually pretty good and this is fun. Uh, and I see that encouraged by a lot of people. There's like a group called Smash Sisters that bring... Uh, together a lot of girls that uh, never thought they would go to these kind of events and makes it more like friendly and inclusive and I, I kind of like that. I think that the Smash scene is, is, is very forward thinking compared to where it might have been 10 years ago. Right and I think one of the things that you mentioned that's my absolute favorite is the game's capability of being uh, a party game mm-hmm. or a casual game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and any group of people that I've been in and this goes for gamers, non-gamers, like groups of friends from high school, from anybody Smash Brothers is one of those games that you can throw on and most people be like, yeah, all right. And they'll just kind of jump in and they'll play because everybody just enjoys it, even even if they're bad, you know? Yeah, so it's like, yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of the thing that you can just jump in and, and have a great time. And I love its ability to be that casual, but then on the other end to have a super, super, you know, competitive scene. And, and that's something that I don't think a lot of games can pull off 
almost if at all, because party games are really hard to come by. Because party games are not competitive. Well, they are competitive, but they're not an eSport. No. Know? So, yeah, we're making a real distinction here. And I think that Smash kind of rides that fine line. So you're speaking like on that line. And I'm thinking the game modes in Smash them, Smash itself when it comes out. Uh, you want to discuss a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, they have a whole bunch of different game modes now that they've come out with. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, is going to be the initial story. Uh, so in this case, they did an entire cinematic based off of the story that they released. It was super cool. Uh, and the the storyline behind it is, is that uh, all of these uh, characters have basically had a, for lack of a better term, we'll say like a ray of light pierce them. And they have turned to the dark side or whatever. And the only character that did not have that happen to is Kirby. So the little pink puffball. Uh, mm-hmm. doesn't as and so you're gonna start the, the game as Kirby and you're gonna try and, and go save them one by one and unlock them all. And and this is how you unlock the characters in the game so that you can play them, you know, against your friends and things like that. So uh, you get to the story mode, which is really cool. Uh, but I think there's gonna be lots of challenges, there's gonna be lots of cool things that they announced, and it's just it's for something that's usually a party game or that you're playing against friends. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's really cool to see all the time and effort they put into these uh, single player modes, too. Yeah. And that's going to make the game uh, just live a little bit longer. And I'm super excited for that, too. Um, you know, I get excited about a lot of things, but that's one th- thing to be genuinely excited about. Um, but I mean, like, what what do you think Ultimate's going to do differently when we go into the esports world? Like, do you think this is going to be the title that we see pop off, as they say? So yeah, we'll talk because uh, we've gotten a little bit of taste of it with Smash Four. We've, we've gotten enough with Melee, but you know, thinking about the online world because that's Melee was definitely before uh, the entire esports ecosystem really kicked off. Yep. So I think with uh, so Smash Four came out in 2014, so about almost five years ago now. And I think what's weird about that is that esports wasn't as developed then. Uh, in the United States for different reasons, you know, League of Legends was pretty much just starting season two, season three, Overwatch wasn't around yet. Uh, Counter-Strike was obviously, um, but it wasn't, wasn't right place, right time. I feel like, uh, ultimate, I think in the current landscape, Nintendo's learned a little bit more. I think, uh, the smash scene in general and the people in it have learned a bit more. I think the organizations have as well. Uh, I think people have realized the importance of content and streaming and creating things based around social media and stuff like that. And I think, uh, from what I can tell, it looks pretty good, actually. I I don't think it's going to be the be-all, end-all, but I think it's going to to go very, very well. Um, But that being said, to understand that dynamic, we kind of have to talk about one of my things that I'm going to rant about, too, is Melee versus whatever the current Smash game is, right? Okay, so, yeah, um, I'm going to call you, Chad. I'm... Hello, caller on line one, yeah. Chad Smeltz. Tell me how you really feel about Melee versus, you know, what the longevity of that will look after, you know, uh, Ultimate's out. Yeah, so uh, the thing is, is that there are people that have been playing Melee for literally 17 years that have stuck by the game this entire time. And with Smash Ultimate coming out, that isn't going to change. There will absolutely be the same group of people. I think a couple of them will try. I mean, they'll all try Ultimate, obviously. You know, they're, they're Smash fans. They want to play the game. But in terms of competing... 
and being competitive and trying to win their tournaments, they will play Melee. Almost all of them, I would assume. There might be one or two that might cross over, maybe, tops. But the running joke is is that, you know, Melee players are a bunch of purists. Mm. And it's always fun to joke around with because a lot of them are, and, and some of them not so much. Is, but, are they purists because that game doesn't get patched and it's literally in stasis in a way? Well, I think they're purists because the game is actually so technical that if you're looking from, like, a technical standpoint the game is the best like undoubtedly because they've introduced new mechanics into the games that have changed it and have made it easier to to get on uh and that's something that is kind of different so when i'm competing and i'm seeing melee tournaments and then you're seeing other smash game tournaments it's a little hard to to compare the two games in the sense that they're just so different so it's understandable why people would want to be uh playing in melee uh in terms of ultimate, though, I think it's it's going to go really well. I'm excited, and then you have the whole new wave of of kids that are getting older now that are you know between the ages of 10 and 18 that weren't even born when melee. Was <laughs> what, what that's was a reality check. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of sobers you up a little bit. Yep, yep. Uh, and I think that they very much will will kind of hop on the ultimate train too as well. And I think it's going to be so cool. I can't wait to see like a 12 or a 13 year old player go to their local, but be one of those like phenoms that just pop off on whoever. <laughs> That's why I'm hoping my knees pops off I, at some I, point. I, it's it's going to happen, dominates. and it's going to embarrass the crap out of somebody, <laughs> and I can't wait because it's going to be great because that's that's what's happening is that kids kids get really good, and all of a sudden, 13, 14, or whatever, it's it's just you're, you're going to – there's going to be somebody. Yeah. And I can't wait to see what happens. And I know, that. yeah, for instance, like she's been training with, you know, Smash 4, but there's there's people that are just going to pick it up and just be naturally good at it and just grind and play. And, you know, I think uh, Christmas break is a good time because yeah. technically, you know, some kids are going to just have to wait till they till Santa brings them their, their copy. Unfortunately, yeah, they'll have, <laughs> they'll have a three week delay before they can uh, before they can train. But at, at least they'll have the present there. It'll be cool to see who rises to the top. And I think. It'll be even better if somewhere down the line Nintendo puts some more backing into the uh, ecosystem. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. What do you think? That you think that's they've been happen? they've been putting their name and sponsoring a few tournaments. I don't think it's been anything serious, but it's nice that they've been affiliated with it because it kind of legitimizes it a bit more. Uh, I'm expecting to see. I mean, you'll, you're going to see a ton of third party organizers. Uh, obviously, the kind of tournaments that you see every year already. Uh, but so like your Evo, your Genesis, your, your, your tournaments like that. But I, it's the only thing that I'm afraid of actually is the opposite. I'm afraid of tournament fatigue mm. where I think about it. If you have a tournament every weekend and you're a professional, that means that you're going to have to be flying out every weekend to somewhere in the world, most of the time in the United States, but somewhere in the world. And that's fine for a couple of months, but like after a while playing every single weekend while having to travel is actually really hard. So players are going to have to be a little bit pickier with the tournaments they choose, I feel like. Uh, tournament fatigue was something that happened in Smash 4 too. Mm -hmm. So I think the organizers are going to, whether they agree to do something about it or uh, the ranking system does or whatever, or maybe Nintendo starts licensing certain tournaments more and those become the one. I don't know, but something's going to, there's going to have to be something that's done there. That's interesting because I remember that discussion during the peak of StarCraft as well. Like when you had the different organizi organizers having events all over the world, there were players in 2011, 2012 complaining about that. For, and then League of Legends experienced that not, not in the same way. It was a different field entirely same thing for overwatch because of the way the developers stepped in so if nintendo does step in 
that will probably alleviate some of that, like you said. So we'll see, I guess. I mean, I, I highly doubt I don't, they'll officially ever. Yeah. Do that. So I, there's a lot of people that would be hell no, Teresa. Please don't let them step in. And there's a lot of people that are like, yes, please. But. And Nintendo of America will never do anything without Japan Nintendo. Yeah. Okaying it in terms of something that big of a step. Sure. At least. That so sense. that's why it's like uh, you never know. And, and with Nintendo, you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes. And then you have uh, Papa Sakurai, you know, who makes the game. Yep. Always always surprises, so you never know what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and that's like a whole other discussion at some point, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of people that, you know, worship him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's actually like a running joke. But that man, like, for those of you that don't know, uh, Sakurai is the creator. And, oh, my, that man puts in so much time into these games to the point where it's like a running joke where it's he'll say, like, please, like, please leave me alone. Like, I, I'm so tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's... Like and with with the culture there in Japan and things like that, like it, I just it's funny until you realize like I can't imagine how many hours he's put into a game like Smash Bros Ultimate. Like I, you just have to be thankful because at that point it's it's truly overkill. Like Mm -hmm. it's so much overkill that you're like, please stay healthy and take care of yourself. Oh my god, yeah, Papa Sakurai, take care of yourself. We appreciate you wherever you are, and I think that we uh, advocate if you're listening to this show to pick up. Pick up a copy of the game, and this is like a genuine, you know, call out. This is not like we're being sponsored to talk about this. And I think that next week's we'll we'll reference it again. And uh, we want to kind of wrap up with a quick news ticker, though, because there's still other things happening outside of uh, Smash, right? Yes, absolutely. So uh, we'll start with Epic Games. So uh, creator of Fortnite, obviously, did two really cool things uh, in the past couple of days. The first one is is that they announced a creator mode for their game, uh, and the reason why that's such a big deal is is that for lack of a better saying, they only have one type of game, right? They have the initial Battle Royale. And when you're playing that, it can be a lot of fun, but it's kind of the same experience every time you play the game. Uh, and there isn't really anything new or fresh to it. So they created a custom way to, to take all of the assets in the game and kind of create your own game modes. And if anything, we've seen that custom games go over super well because you can create... The, the imagination of the players is so limitless that you can create the next cool thing. And we've seen that custom creations have actually led to the creation of new games. Mm-hmm. So that's... Yeah, for instance, Warcraft 3 led to Dota, right? Yeah, and then you, you could create stuff in Dota to create other stuff too. And it's just yeah. like all of a sudden you're like, wow. So I'm super happy about that because that means that Fortnite is absolutely killing it and will continue to kill it. And they made something that people can spend so much time on. So that's just, that's easy. I'm very curious about how that's going to be. That actually does change the game a lot. And I think... uh We'll have to just wait until 2019 to discuss what comes out. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's I, I can't imagine the amount of four fun game modes, uh, especially that the kids are going to want to play too. It yeah. reminds me of uh, Halo 3's Forge, where you create and change things and stuff like that. It's pretty sick, and they, they're also Epic Games is just like continuing to to make big things. Um, didn't they announce a platform of their own kind of like Steam? Yes. So them getting their uh, billion dollar. Uh, investment you know starts making a little bit more sense now because they decided that uh that they are well not they are creating that they're finishing up basically uh their own platform to put games on uh, so what that means is if you're familiar with steam which is made by valve uh other things would include discord discord has jumped into the world uh gog and some other places uh Traditionally, Steam is where most people put their games, but developers or AAA developers have started to put their games on their own platforms. So Epic did the same thing with Fortnite. However, Epic created a platform for all of the indie developers, smaller developers, and AAA developers to put games on their platform. 
And you would say, okay, well, why would anybody do that if it's going to be the same as Steam? Well, Steam is offering a 70% rev share, so 70-30. Steam gets 30%. Uh, Epic did an 88% share. So indie developers are going to get that much more money, and that's huge when you're a tiny indie studio. And if you use Unreal Engine, which is the engine that Epic Games creates, you'll make another 5% back. So you could get an even bigger share. So it's just insane for game developers. Uh, it's really cool as a user to be able to support smaller game developers because that means that they can create you know, another game usually. Uh, and I'm really interested to see how Steam specifically responds to this because all of a sudden they're used to being a juggernaut and now they're being challenged and competition is good. Yeah, competition is good. And I think that um, obviously these developers are going to want to jump on this, but th- we don't know what they're going to see. They're going to face a challenge with whatever Epic Games does too. I'm sure there's going to be other restrictions. So we'll see. We'll see. We don't know what that looks like yet. Um, But really quick, KDA, go out this weekend and find KDA on YouTube because I heard this amazing uh, video game music uh, juggernaut just hit 100 million views. Is that true? Yeah. So the cool thing is, is that League of Legends obviously is a a game, Riot Games is a game studio, but they create music sometimes, uh, video game music. But in this case, they created a Korean pop song uh, by KDA. What does KDA stand for? <laughs> uh, kill death assists. <laughs> That's a, a term in the game. So yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they created a they created a song and it's really good. Uh, I think it's been out for a month exactly as of like a day or two ago. Um, but it crossed a hundred million views. So for a video game, a song based off of a video game to be one as catchy as it is, and two, the video is just really well made too. Like just everything about it's great. Uh, so it's, if it's something you're interested in, you should go check it out. Cause I, I love seeing things like that be successful because it means companies will, will take a chance and try new things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's catchy. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, yeah, I guess we're wrapping that up. Listen to some KDA. I would, uh, play it right now if I could, but <laughs> I think it would sound obnoxious coming from my cell phone onto the, the mic, but okay. It was really good conversation. Smash brothers, get it. KDA, listen to it. Epic games. Look out for it. And, uh, tweet us at HU storm esports, uh, with any of your, your thoughts and feels. Uh, I'm Teresa Gaffney at Teresa Gaffney on Twitter and I'm Chad smells at Chad smells. Good seeing you. See you next week. This has been crowd control an iHeartRadio radio podcast presentation with Harrisburg university. Want more? Open the free iHeartRadio app and search crowd control. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.